Welcome to Reynolds Wrap, the positive and practical podcast. We want to encourage you through spiritual insight from God's Word to maintain an authentic Christian life. So welcome back. I am back in the office again for today's podcast. Uh, appreciate your comments over the last few weeks. We've had several podcasts that were actually recorded on the road in my truck uh, as I was driving down the road so you could hear a little bit of the road noise. And I appreciate your your patience with that. But sometimes, like I said, I get uh, thoughts for lessons just at the strangest moments. And I have sometimes four, five, six, eight hours to drive and uh, feel like uh, I could take an opportunity to record some of those thoughts down and share them with you. Today, we're tackling a pretty big topic. Um, I earlier uh, today posted that uh, I had intended on, I've got several podcasts ready to go, but I decided today, due to some things that have happened in the last few weeks, um, including some friends of mine who've gone through some really tough times financially, I have some friends that have gone through some difficult stuff with their spouses, with their children, um, with their parents, people that are in the hospital, people that are sick, um, and also, of course, dealing with a lot of the thoughts about coronavirus and with the tornadoes and so much loss of life there, and our hearts go out to those people that have been affected from those storms, and just, I mean, it just seems like there's this whirlwind of tragedy and trauma that's on the front page of the news, and every time we go to to church or we go to Bible study, um, I thought it was interesting today. A good friend of mine, Roy Johnson, who is the director of Lads to Leaders, had to publish actually a post and send out a letter saying that we were going to continue with Lads to Leaders this year um, because there were so many people just panicked about whether or not we should have a convention at a time like this. And you know, I can't think of a better thing to do at a time like this than to get together with my brothers and sisters. Um, and I don't believe that there's any threat to that, uh, at any of our, any of our sites and I hope not. But, um, because of all these things, I decided that I wanted to spend some time talking about depression. Now I know that, uh, some of you may say, well, Ray, are you clinically able to give advice concerning depression? I would say no, absolutely not. Um, my PhD is in ministry. My background is in ministry and in counseling. But uh, as for you know diagnosing what uh, kind of depression a person is enduring, whether or not they need uh, help, psychiatric help, medicinal help, whatever, um, I'm not the person that you need to talk to about those things. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get into uh, today's show. But I do want to say that this is something that strikes close to home. Uh, depression is absolutely real. And if you, if I'm talking to someone who has been through a period of depression in their life, maybe it was a few months, maybe it lasted a few years, then you understand how it is so much more than just sadness. It's much more than just being discouraged or even lonely, which I think loneliness is really at the root of it. And I talked about that in my blog just briefly. But depression is a silent killer in our world today. I mean, it is, back a, a few years ago, I wrote a really long blog post, I think it was like 2014, um, that was the year, uh, in September of that year, I believe it was, when Robin Williams had taken his life, and we had a lady at church come forward that was so upset uh, because she just was so impacted by by his death. 
And uh, we, I, I did a five, I think a five lesson series in the bulletin on depression at that time. And it just so happened that alumni days at Heritage Christian University was dealing with one of the topics. And Dr. Burleson, whom I love and respect, a great man, great mentor, great professor at the university. He teaches now at Amridge as well. Just a fabulous man. Did a lesson on, um, I think it was called The Sad Secret, Ministry Sad Secret. And the secret is depression. Among those that are in ministry, you probably would be surprised to know that your preacher, your elders, your youth minister, the people that are leading in your congregation have probably suffered from bouts of depression for maybe for a long time. And it may be just, it may be short-lived, it may be just at certain points, but it is certainly easy to get completely down in the dumps, to have the blues. But it can often get much more difficult, much worse than that. And I do think that it is a meaty topic. I think that it's something that we, I would love to have in the future, and I may do this, have a uh, future podcast interview with some counselors that can help us walk through these things. And I know this is supposed to be the positive and practical podcast. I know that. And this is kind of a a topic that's not really, you wouldn't think um, would be something positive, but I'm going to show you in, as we conclude in this broadcast and maybe in future ones that we can put a positive twist on this. We can make we can make a, 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 an argument for something good that can come out of a very difficult time in your life. I think when we talk about depression, I know we're uncomfortable with it. We may not feel like it's uh, it's something that is our you know, cup of tea. And if it's not, you can stop listening right now and skip on to the next one um, or go back and listen to a previous podcast. But I believe it's something that's real. I believe that it's something that is necessary to talk about. So I want to I want to share with you, and I think I put in my post online four things. I I have changed that now to five things. Five things that I think can help us in dealing with depression among Christians today. So bear with me. All right, let's get down to it. There are not four, but five things I think we need to do to deal with depression today. The first thing is recognize depression is real. We've got to educate ourselves. We've got to educate ourselves on depression. We have brothers and sisters in Christ that are struggling with the problem right now as we're doing this lesson. There is a brother, a sister you know that is hurting right now. They're, they're laying in their bed. They're crying their eyes out. They're in the bottom of their closet floor. They're sitting in a car right now to park. They're taking a walk. They're listening to music. They're trying to figure out a way to cope with this depression that they're facing. We can't ignore it. We can't pretend it doesn't exist. We cannot afford to dismiss this subject. Just look at the suicide rates. Look at the, in fact, back years ago, this was in 87 to 97, um, some researchers in Chicago got together and they decided that about 1.7 to 6.3 million people in that decade from 1.7 to 6.3 million people dealt with depression. And then that research, as it continued to build, and, and you can go to just about any site and see some various statistics on this, we're looking at 5% of the population, 14 million people. That was then. That was before the turn of the century. The estimates now are between 30 and 40 million people in the United States suffer from depression. We've got to get educated on it. We've got to figure out what's happening 
And if anybody ought to be on the front line of dealing with depression, it ought to be the church. It ought to be Christians who have hope and are ready to share hope with the world. I, I, I know this, this sounds... Oh, not like a positive thing. Like I said, this is a positive and practical podcast. But we're gonna we're gonna find some positive stuff before we round up because we're gonna find there's a lot of things. I mean, a lot of things we can do to combat depression. One of the things is look in scripture. I mean, how many stories in the Bible? I mean, look at uh Elijah, David, Jonah, Job, Jeremiah, Solomon, all people who struggle with depression. Look at Lamentations. Read Ecclesiastes. The Bible has a lot to say about it, even though no modern-day translations may use that word. The Bible may not mention antidepressant drugs and therapy, but there are some things that the Scriptures do teach us about how we handle situations like that, where we can find hope. Dr. Burleson, in his lesson on ministry, Sad Secret, which was covered in this lectureship and, and was one of the lessons I was referring to earlier, he said... Um, that is the common cold of mental disorders. And if you feel depressed, you feel like you have the flu. You feel like the common cold. Your body aches. You don't want to get out of bed. Everything hurts. You can't explain why. And we got to figure out how we can get on the front line of depression. Educate ourselves. Number two, we got to eliminate, if not eliminate, at least diminish depression. We got to know the cause. What are the factors? But between body chemistry, brain chemistry, mental illness, what's the root cause of somebody's depression? And and that might reveal whether or not you can cure it uh, with various medication or therapy. Or and you know, again, it's not going to be cured overnight. But getting the help that is needed. We'll talk more about that in a moment. This comes back to getting educated. How how can we combat? Depression, what can we do to help people? Another thing we can do along with that is to, to, to direct people on a path of healing. Instead of telling someone, oh, you're just suffering from the blues. Oh, you're just sad. Honestly, seek wise counsel. Don't, don't dismiss someone who's, when they tell you they're depressed, don't dismiss that. Don't ignore that. Don't slough it off and say, oh, you know, he's just going through a tough time. No, if somebody tells you they're facing depression, that is, that is a ministry moment for a Christian. To rush in with prayer and to be able to encourage them, to know that God is with them throughout it. I mean, we, we have a lot of, I mean, it's not my place to play doctor, counselor, or psychiatrist. I can't prescribe medication or therapy, but I can tell you that there are some underlying emotional and spiritual causes that lead people into depression that we can have some insight from when we look into God's word. And if you're seeking counsel or clinical advice for depression, it's good to let other people know you're struggling with it. And I mean, as soon as possible. People say, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I don't want to, I don't really want to talk about it. Back a few years ago, I remember having a conversation with a preacher friend of mine and I told him I had never, I had, I guess I had been anxious but I never really felt like I struggled with anxiety until about four years ago when I started going through some major tough stuff in my, uh, well, I'll say personal life, but what I really mean is my relationships, okay? And some stuff I was going going through at home led me into an anxious state. And I finally, I was having all these stomach problems. I didn't know what it was. 
you know, I, I, I'm not going to go into all the details of it, but I'll tell you, I went through doctor after doctor after doctor and test after test after test. And they went through this for six months or a year. And I mean, the church is praying for me. I've got people trying to throw probiotics at me and I'm supposed to drink this and eat that and swallow this pill. And I mean, everybody, I've got oils. I mean, people are oiling me up at church. And I didn't know until finally I, my doctor was out of town for some reason. And I had to see the, uh, the nurse practitioner at my doctor's office. And the nurse practitioner says, I'm looking over your charts. I've seen all your tests. I mean, you've had scopes and you've had changes in medication and you've done this and you've done that. She's like, have you ever tried an anxiety medication? And I said, I'm not anxious. I don't suffer from anxiety. She's like, you have a lot of stress at your job. Yeah. Stress at home. Yeah. And she went through this list of things. And I said, well, maybe, but I mean, I, I don't, I don't think I'm anxious. Well, she put me on some anxiety medication, started off at 20 milligram. And I, I'm, I'm glad to say I'm down to five milligram on that now, but yes, I have anxiety and I was so disappointed in myself, but yet I was talking to a couple of preachers, friends of mine, and, and I found out that most everybody I know is on anxiety medication. What, I don't know what that says about my circle of friends, but you get the point. Most people struggle and suffer with anxiety, and most everyone, maybe everyone at some point in their life faces depression, and we've got to stop treating it like some hidden secret that nobody knows about. I can't tell anybody. Psst, I'm suffering from anxiety. Look, it's like everybody else has their struggles, and we don't want to talk about ours People ought to know we all suffer. We all struggle. We all sin. We're all human. We got to start getting real, people. We started getting, we need to get honest. So we, in order to eliminate it, uh, like I said, we got to educate ourselves and eliminate it by, by talking about it. You know, the Bible tells us that the Lord wants to heal the brokenhearted, that he's the great physician. And yet we've got all this doubt and this worry and this stress and that self-doubt inside of our mind. People say, well, you just don't have enough faith in God or, you know, you just you need to get some joy. You need to be happier. Look, it's I know we can do all things through Christ. I know that there is interpersonal conflicts that we face and marital conflicts and and conflicts at work and conflict at school. And, and I understand that. I know that Jesus says don't do it. Don't don't do that. It's a sin to be stressed. It's a sin to be um, in a position where you worry. But we've got to learn to, if we're going to eliminate it, what do we do? Well, something else we need to do, we, we need to medicate. I know some of you thinking, oh, goodness, I thought you said you weren't a doctor. I already told you depression's normal. And don't be like me, who after being given clinical advice and counsel that, I might be struggling with anxiety. Don't be an idiot like I was and say, no, that's not me. You got the wrong guy. I don't need to be medicated for this. I can get through this thing. I can push on through it. Sometimes you need to talk to your doctor. You need to talk to your doctor about it. Get real with your doctor. You ever hear the story about the guy who was having chest pain, but he didn't want to go to the doctor? Yeah, he died of a heart attack. You know that guy? There are so many people we know. The, the little teenage girl was being bullied at school and bullied on social media. She didn't tell anybody. She took her own life. I've heard stories about couples that fought through their marriage for 10, 15 years and ended up divorced 
because they could not get along. They couldn't talk it out. They never went to counseling. Counseling, therapy, medication, they're all valuable assets to us. So don't dismiss that. From a spiritual side, we need spiritual medication. We got to dig into the Word of God. I think a lot of people are suffering from depression because they're distant from God. They are not, and I know we can, and I'm telling you, I was, I am a person of prayer. And in the times of anxiety in my life, I don't know that I ever prayed more and harder and more vigilant, more fervent. I, I mean, prayers where the ground below me was soaked with my tears on my knees. There are a couple times I prayed so long and so hard, I couldn't even walk. I literally lost the feeling in my legs and had to roll over onto the ground until I got feeling back in my legs. I've prayed like that before. I've prayed so loudly in hospital nurse, uh, hospital rooms and, and nursing homes when someone was about to die. I've prayed and I've cried and I'm not ashamed to say I have been extremely sad at times in my life and depressed in times in my life. This is not a regular thing, but it happens. And you get through it and you know that God will be with you. He'll always be with you. And I think if we pray more, if we worship more, if we study our Bible more, we might find some reassurance from God that he will help you. He'll give you the strength. So don't don't hesitate to reach out to a doctor or to a psychiatrist or to a counselor. Reach out to your minister. If you're a young person listening to this, reach out to your youth minister. I'm tired of going to funerals of young people that have taken their life because they didn't reach out. Or they tried to reach out and nobody listened to them. They said something to mom and dad. Dad says, hey, you know, toughen up. You can handle it. Mom says, oh, don't worry about it. You're probably misreading. You're, you're not seeing the whole picture, you know. <sighs> Folks, it, depression is, is tough and it's hard. And our friends and family and our loved ones struggle with it. If we take it serious, we need to take it to the next level. Talk to a doctor, talk to a counselor, and facilitate. That's another one. I think to facilitate change, we need, you know, we have AA that meets the building, and, you know, we've got Weight Watchers. Why don't we have groups that meet that deal with depression and anxiety and things like that? Why don't we have, I've seen this happen at churches where we just screen people out when they're hurt. Somebody loses their spouse, we just screen them on out. That's happened to me. I'm sure that's happened to some of you. You go through a divorce. You go through uh, the death of a spouse. You go through the death of a child. And people don't know how to treat you. I mean, they don't know what to say. All your friends, you know, you, if, if you don't have that child there, and, or if, you're, if you're, you understand this, if you're an empty nester, you know, you, your kids grow up, get out of the youth group, and then they don't know what you're doing at the youth parties anymore. Your spouse dies. The couples don't take you out anymore because they, you know, the wife's not there, the husband, or you go through a divorce. They don't talk. You're damaged goods. You're damaged goods. Church has got to do a better job of this. We got to learn to facilitate. We've got to learn to help people. We've got to learn, and people need an opportunity to vent. They need an opportunity to discuss their struggles. We call it depression anonymous. I don't know. I don't care. But the church has got to do a better job of meeting people's needs that are struggling through things like this. Whether it's through a Facebook page, whether it's through one eight hundred number or a, a, an anonymous call to start, and then eventually getting real with people and saying things from the pulpit, from our classrooms in the bulletin, we need to spend precious time and energy on things like that that matter, 
I'd rather spend money on a ministry that deals with people that are hurting than throw money at ministries that are just not successful and just an open money pit. Let's spend it on people within our church families that are struggling with depression. I mean, to brighten the day of those that are sick and those that are shut in, we got to get active. We, we know that people in the nursing home are depressed. That's why half of us don't go there. We don't want to go to the nursing home. I've been to nursing homes before where I've had the saddest stories. Every year at Mother's Day, I take flowers to the nursing homes and hand them to the ladies. I don't even ask if they're a mother or not. I just say Happy Mother's Day. And those women will just cry because some of them haven't seen their children or their grandchildren in a long time. They put them in there and they leave them. There are people depressed. There are people in our churches, widows, widowers. They don't know where to go on Thanksgiving. They don't know where to go on 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 Christmas. I'll tell you, you really want a ministry that's going to make a difference in the church today? Get yourself a calendar. This is so easy. Get yourself a calendar, a, a calendar, a notepad, calendar. And whenever somebody in your congregation loses a spouse, write down that day on the calendar. And then write down that person's that passed away, their birthday on the calendar. And then write down the anniversary of that couple on the calendar. And when those days come around, give them a call, send them a card, remind them that they're loved, take them out to eat. Because I guarantee you on those days as they come around, there are going to be some, some feelings. Whenever somebody dies in your congregation and the spouse comes back to church, don't you let them sit on an empty pew. You go and you sit right up to them, sit right next with them. Let them know that they're loved. Some couple goes through a divorce and you've got a mama there or a dad who's bringing in their kids every Sunday by themselves, spouse not there. You go sit with them, invite them out to eat, have the kids over for a play date. Enjoy time with those people because those are people that are hurting. We, we got to do a better job. We got to do a better job. And then the last thing, real quick, is we got to rejuvenate. Rejuvenate. I, I notice how people today are obsessed with these energy drinks. Have you seen that? You know, they got everybody's drinking, you know, whether it be if you're going to do a Blue Frog, you know, you're doing your Limu, maybe you're doing uh, Red Bull, you're doing a five hour energy, uh, you're drinking more coffee. I mean, we line up at Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts and we get the shots of espresso. I went one time to one and I had a free drink. I said, give me a quad shot. <laughs> She goes, okay, I was lit for the rest of the day. I'm just telling you, we we love our energy boosters. We put them in our smoothies. We just don't have enough caffeine. But we're smart enough to know that those things are going to leave eventually. Those, No matter what gimmick or sales pitch you've been given, eventually exhaustion is going to set in. How do you stay rejuvenated? Well, not by pumping yourself up with caffeine. You do it by relaxing. You get it. You get it by meditation by rest, by prayer, and by fellowship with people that you really love and they're going to help. There are people in my life I can call on the phone and just like that, they'll lower my blood pressure. I can't explain it. Just hearing their voice is calming, is soothing. And when I'm worried about my kids, when they're underneath my roof, when, when my boys are here in this house and they're upstairs, right now they're upstairs playing PlayStation or uh, they're playing Xbox right now, they're playing a game. I am calm. I am so happy when they're home and when they're safe. 
But when they get out there in the truck and they drive off, my heart just sinks. I worry about them. I know I shouldn't. It's a sin. But we do. We worry. We've got to find a way to rejuvenate. We've got to look at positive benefits to prayer and, and, and meditation. I'm right. I'm telling you, meditation is, I mean, and I'm talking about deep meditation like David. I'm talking about reading a scripture and praying over it, thinking about it, sitting out at the lake, at the beach, in a hammock underneath the tree, your favorite rocking chair, your favorite recliner, the 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 piece of carpet in your in your closet. I don't care. Find a place to meditate. Good spiritual meditation. And focus. I mean, it doesn't matter. You don't have those options. So what what else? Okay, look. You can take a long car ride. Turn off the radio. Take a bike ride. Take a walk. Just take a journey. Take a trip. Take a weekend. I had a friend tell me today. uh, Actually, he's a doctor. And he told me that um, he had a friend of his that took a vow of silence for a year. (laughs) I said... That wouldn't work in my job. <laughs> it wouldn't work, period. I couldn't get through the weekend. But, uh, I mean, some people, I mean, that's really strange. But uh, some people do try some crazy stuff. I just did a fast of not watching any movies for a month. That was tough. That was actually a little more than a month. That was tough. And I didn't even watch a movie until last night or night before last. I mean, I hadn't watched Netflix or Amazon Prime. And I, I went over my time because I didn't need it anymore. Go to the meadow, go to the lake, go to a quiet park, find a find a quiet spot, set down, go out early in the morning or go out late at night, go sit underneath the trees and just, when the sun comes up, the sun goes down, just sit and relax. When it's a clear night, go lay down. I, I, I lay down sometimes on the concrete or I'll lay down in the bed of my truck. I know that sounds crazy, but it's a great place and I don't have to worry about the bugs crawling on me. Lay down in the back of my truck, take a pillow, just lay there, look at the stars. Look at the stars. Luke and I used to do that when he was little. We would go out if it was a clear night. He said, Daddy, come on out, come on out, come on out. We'd lay down in the middle of the driveway. People drive by, I think we were crazy. We would just look at the stars. Go relax. Just lay down on the ground, look up the stars, meditate. Talk to God. Talk to God. When we suffer through depression, we have to remember also that we can look to Jesus. Now, I know what I'm about to say probably is going to get me some emails, and that's fine. So, depression is real, and depression is something that is common to the average man. The Bible tells us that Jesus sympathizes with our weaknesses. Depression is a weakness, it's a sadness. There are some times in Jesus' life when he's on the Mount of Olives and he's facing de- despair. We might qualify that as depression. Everybody's got their Calvary. Everybody's got to look at the face of death. We got to look at the, whether it be the death of our marriage or the death of a family member or, or, or death of a job, the loss of a job. It's, it's, it's something we all face. And when we do, we have our Calvary moment. We have our Mount of Olives moment where we grieve it. We have our Calvary moment where it dies. But friends, there's a resurrection moment when you finally Get up out of the funk you're in, out of the blues, out of the depression, out of the sadness, out of the loneliness. You're going to get up again. You're going to do it through that prayer, that meditation, through uh, therapy, medication, through the encouragement of brothers and sisters in Christ. You will get up again. You can raise up and you can face the world. Don't hesitate to ask for help. Don't hesitate to ask God for help. 
for other brothers and sisters in help. Don't, don't hesitate to talk to somebody, to a doctor, to a counselor, to a minister, somebody when you're struggling and know that God understands that weakness. And don't worry, everybody else faces times like this. You be the strong one who says, I'm going to admit my struggle. I'm going to face my demon. I'm going to handle my problem. I'm going to handle my business. God's going to make you, he's going to bless you if you do that. And you never know, you might be a minister to others when you do that, when you're finally honest. You may not only do some good for you, but also good for people around you. Let's be real We're going to be positive. We're going to be practical. Let's get real. Let's get honest about this and many other issues. And let's get the help we need. And then let's go and help bandage the wounded. We thank you so much for tuning into today's broadcast. Hope that you'll follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Keep coming back for original content on these podcasts and share them with your friends and loved ones. We also want to encourage you, if you have any questions or want to direct something towards me, uh, any possible topics coming up in the near future you'd like for me to cover, you can write us at rayreynoldsrap at gmail.com. I hope you have a blessed day, and we want to encourage you to maintain an authentic life in Christ Jesus.